That's going to come, there we go, that's what I want. Some helping hands for your tough times. It's been a, it's, 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 I, it's been a, a kind of a tough week for me. Um, um, uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that I'm grieving about in, in, in society at this time, and I carry a certain, I'm, I'm feeling a certain burden, burdened weightedness because of the, dis, the uh, disorder in our society at this time. And maybe, and frankly, I get, last night, I'm in bed and I get a, a message from a woman who I often talk with on Facebook and she's got, she's a, a, a disabled woman and she's got two daughters who take her for granted and have just broken her heart and said some very unkind things to her. So uh, last night, late at night, I'm, I'm texting her and counseling her. There's a lot of people with difficult situations and uh, maybe some of you uh, facing very difficult situations, Red Sea situations, where you feel your back is against the wall. The time, what is the time to prepare for a Red Sea situation? Is it when you get to the Red Sea? No. We prepare for these situations before we're in crisis. I want to give you some handles of things for, they come from our Torah reading, that are the kinds of things that will help you prepare yourself so that when crisis comes, you're not caught flat-footed. That's what today's lesson is about. So join me, please, in a word of prayer, because I need all the help I can get, and then we'll get into today's discussion. I'm going to ask Steve Lowley to do some reading for me, too, in a moment. So let's pray. Father, you know our downsetting and our uprising. You understand our thoughts from afar. There's not a word on our tongue, O oh God, but you know it all together. You told Jeremiah the prophet, before you were born, before you, I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. So God, although we cannot begin to fathom how this works, we know that you know our end from our beginning. Uh, you know every detail of our lives from its earliest moment to its last. And so we're not ashamed to come to you and ask for help because even when it comes to our own lives, we're abysmally ignorant. But you know all things. And you love us and you care for us. So as we consider these thoughts, may some of them become germinating seeds of hope and of strength in the hearts of the people gathered here in your name. May you tend to these seeds, even as it's said in the parable of the sower, where some seed fell on the stony ground, some seed fell by the, by the wayside, some seed fell among thorns, but some seed bore fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. May that be today. May that be us. May we, may your word find lodgment in our hearts. And may your spirit irrigate it. And may our lives be fruitful as a result. We ask in Messiah's name. 
Amen. So I'm going to ask Steve Lowley to read uh, uh, portions of, uh, of today's Torah reading bit by bit. And you can come up here, Steve. Okay, first he's going to read for us, not from your translation, but a slightly different one. Uh, oh, no, you have that. You're using that translation. That's fine. From Exodus 13, verse 17 to Exodus 14, verse 14. So just read from 13:17 to 14:14. Go ahead, Steve. 13:17. Yes. Right there, right, right at the beginning of Bishalach. That's it. It happened when Pharaoh set out, sent out the people that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines, because it was near, for God said, Perhaps the people will reconsider when they see a war, and they will return to Egypt. So God turned the people toward the way of the wilderness to the Sea of Reeds. The children of Israel were armed when they went up from the land of Egypt. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had firmly um, adjourned the children of Israel, saying, God will surely remember you, and you shall bring up my bones from here with you. They journeyed from Succoth and encamped in Etham, at the edge of the wilderness. Hashem went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them on the way, but by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day and night. He did not remove the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night from before the people. Hashem spoke to Moses saying, speak to the children of Israel and let them turn back and encamp before between Migdol, between Migdol and the sea, before Baazal Zephon, you shall encamp opposite it by the sea. Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are imprisoned in the land. The wilderness has locked them in. I shall strengthen the heart of Pharaoh, and he will pursue them. And I will be glorified through Pharaoh and his entire army. And Egypt will know that I am Hashem. And so they did. It was told to the king of Egypt that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants became transformed regarding the people. And they said, What is this that we have done, that we have sent away Israel from serving us? He harnessed his chariot and attached his people with him. He took 600 elite chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with officers on them all. Hashem strengthened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel were going out with an upraised arm. Egypt pursued them and overtook them and camped by the sea. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and army by Piharoth before Baal-Zephon, Pharaoh approached. The children of Israel raised their eyes and behold, Egypt was journeying after them and they were very frightened and the children of Israel cried out to Hashem. They said to Moses, were there no graves in Egypt that you took us to die in the wilderness? What is this that you have done to us to take us out of Egypt? Is this not the statement that we made to you in Egypt, saying, Let us be, and we will serve Egypt? For it is better that we should serve Egypt than that we should die in the wilderness. Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand fast and see the salvation of Hashem that he will perform for you today. For as you have seen the Egypt today... You shall not see them again, ever again. Amen. Hashem shall make war for you, and you shall remain silent. The first lesson 
is that there come times in life when you need to turn around and face your adversary head on. Um, when, when we avoid painful situations, when we avoid painful people, in a strange way we give them power over us. They control us because uh, we're constantly investing psychological and spiritual energy in keeping our distance and in not facing them. So Israel is in a very weakened condition. They're going to go through an extraordinary transformation right before our eyes today. I mean, they've had the ten plagues. They should have every reason to be utterly confident in God. But they're still uh, people who have been conditioned by slavery. And when crisis comes up, like it does now with Pharaoh bearing down, they turn to Moses and they say, you know, it would have been better for us if we stayed in Egypt. Is that why you brought us out? Into, you know, they're freaked out. They're flipped out. You're going to see, though, by the end of today's reading, they, they go through a shift, at least for a time. Because you'll see in Exodus and in Numbers, the people uh, waver. They, they, they get the point. They get courageous. They get full of faith. They come over the next hill and they face a new problem and they're totally flipped out all over again. They're just like us. But the first lesson I want to give you here is um, to prepare for the adversities that will come your way. It's a good idea to turn around and face them, look them in the eye, because how many have ever had the experience that when you avoid something, avoid somebody for a long time, then you finally face the situation down, that it was not as horrifying as, you, as you've been anticipating. That's, that's normally the case. Normally the case, it's our fears that are dominating our lives. But when we turn around and face these things, we discover they're, they're like um, mirages. So... That's lesson number one. Secondly, Steve is going to read another passage, verse 15 to 18. Please read, Steve. Hashem said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Speak to the children of Israel and let them journey forth. And you lift up your staff and stretch out your arm over the sea and split it. And the children of Israel shall come into the midst of the sea on dry land. And I, behold, I shall strengthen the heart of Egypt, and they will come after them. And I will be glorified through Pharaoh and through his entire army, through his chariots and through his horsemen. Egypt will know that I am Hashem when I am glorified through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Now, this translation said, tell the people to journey forth. Other translations say, tell the people to go forward. This is a fascinating passage. God says to Moses, what are you praying about? That's his saying. What are you crying out to me for? Tell the people to go forward. There are times in life when, this is going to sound heretical, but what, what the heck, you know me. There are times in life when it's not time to pray, it's time to act. That's what God says to him. What are you crying out to me for? Tell the people to go forward. Now, 
I was talking recently with someone in the, in the synagogue who went through a, a massive uh, situation that caused him to change his whole career. A crisis that without his faith he didn't know how he could handle it. Sometimes you come to situations in life where you don't know how it's going to turn out. But there's only one question you need to ask. Which way is forward? That may be all that you can know. When God called Abraham, he said, get out of your country, leave your father's house, go to the land I will show you, I'll make of you a great nation, and you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Did God tell him where he was going? He did not tell him where he was going. Basically, he said, uh, you know, how many of you have seen the movie uh, uh, A Frisco Kid? Yeah. Frisco Kid, Gene Wilder plays the part of a nebbish rabbi. And he comes and he's sent over from Poland to the United States to be a rabbi in San Francisco. And he arrives in New York and he doesn't know anything. And he says to somebody, Excuse me, where's, where's San Francisco? Guy says, that way. He points. He doesn't tell him it's 3,000 miles away. He just points. And in our lives, too, there are going to come crises. There are going to come Red Sea situations. There are going to be situations where your back is to the wall. And really, sometimes the only information you can get is which way is forward? What is the next step? And that's handle number two. I'm going to ask Steve to read again from verse 19, where he left off, to verse 31. The angel of God, who had been going in front of the camp of Israel, moved and went back behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and went behind them. It came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel, and there were cloud and darkness. While it illuminated the night, and one did not draw near the other all in the night, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and Hashem moved the sea with a strong east wind all the night, and he turned the sea to damp land, and the water split. The children of Israel came within the sea on dry land, and the water was a wall for them on their right and on their left. Egypt pursued and came after them, every horse of Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen, into the midst of the sea. It happened at the morning watch that Hashem looked down at the camp of Egypt with a pillar of fire and cloud, and he confounded the camp of Egypt. He removed the wheels of their chariots and caused them to drive with difficulty. Egypt said, I shall flee before Israel, for Hashem is waging war for them against Egypt. Hashem said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, and the water will go back upon Egypt, upon its chariots and upon its horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and toward moving the water went back to its power as the Egyptians were fleeing toward it. And Hashem churned Egypt in the midst of the sea. The water came back and covered the chariots and the horsemen of the entire army of Pharaoh, who were coming behind them in the sea. There remained not a one of them. The children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. The water was a wall for them on their right and on their left. On that day, Hashem saved Israel from the hand of Egypt, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great hand that Hashem inflicted upon Egypt, 
and the people revered Hashem, and they had faith in Hashem and Moses, his servant. Okay. Third thing. We need to remember to remember. As I mentioned at the beginning of the service, the Jewish people sing about this delivery every single day in our prayers. Every day. We talk about this. Um, when God um, delivers you in some way, when God shows up in your life in some way, you need to memorialize it. You need to, to, to mark it down, to, to make a way to always remember. Much of Jewish life is this way. Much of the Jewish calendar, the Jewish holy days, are occasions when we remember what God did for us at a given time. Because if we do not remember to remember, we will forget. And when you look at the Israelites and they're floundering in the wilderness, you want to grab them by the lapels of their robes and say, don't you remember what just happened over the last sand dune back there God provided for you and you come here and you find a, face a new situation and you completely flip out. What was their problem? It's that song that I remember the night, the night I said I love you and I, I, I quoted this to you about two months ago in a sermon. The end of the song said you promised you would never forget but you forgot to remember. And that is uh, going to weaken us all the time. We must remember the deeds of God in our lives, in the lives of the people we know. We must take steps to memorialize this, to repeatedly revisit it. And I encourage us to read the Bible that way and to read the Jewish calendar that way. These are all reminders so that we don't forget to remember. Another point from this section is uh, that uh, when, when uh, God delivered the children of Israel through the Red Sea, it's, we're, we're told that they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. And this is an important lesson for us. And it's this, that spiritual leaders are uh, people who have spiritual authority are people who are presumed to have spiritual empowerment. The greatest, um, the greatest credential of a spiritual leader is when you sense that somehow the presence of God rests upon them. I've got a lot of education. I have too much education. I think I have 26 years of post-high school education. It took me 10 years to get my, uh, 25 years, yeah, give or take. It took me 10 years to, 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 to get my bachelor's and my, and my master's in music theory and music education, another 15 years to get my master's and my PhD in intercultural studies. But that's not a, that's, it's not a matter of education. Education is important. But the leaders you should follow are people whom you sense, bring with them the presence of God. And you should also pray 
that the presence of God would rest upon you in what you do. Okay? That's number four. Just a second. Please read chapter 15. We're going to skip over the poem, the Micha poem that the people sing, and return to the narrative and read uh, chapter 15, verse 22 to 27. Moses caused Israel to journey from the Sea of Reeds, and they went out to the wilderness of Shur. They went for a three-day period in the wilderness, but they did not find water. They came to Marah, but they could not drink the waters of Marah because they were bitter. Before they named it Marah, the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? He cried out to Hashem, and Hashem showed him a tree. He threw it into the water, and, it, and the water became sweet. There he established for the nation a decree and an ordinance, and there he tested it. He said, If you hearken diligently to the voice of Hashem, your God, and do what is just in his eyes, give ear to his commandments and observe his decrees, then any of the diseases that I placed in Egypt I will not bring upon you, for I am Hashem, your healer. They arrived in Elim, where there were 12 springs of water and 70 date palms. They encamped there by the water. First of all, they, they come to the situation where the, the waters are bitter, and Moses uh, cries out to God, and God shows him. We need to learn to be people who know what it is to cry out to God and to find his guidance somewhere in the midst of that. Now, you're going to ask me, how do we know that God is... How, how does God guide us? That's a tremendous, big, big lesson, and I have a lot that I could say about it, but I'll only say one thing about it now. You learn about how God guides you by experience, by having a habit of calling out to God. In my own life, I've... I've begun to develop a sense of, of, of God's presence and God's guidance, but it, it doesn't come out of a book, although the Bible is the foundation of it all. It doesn't come out of instruction. It comes out of experience. So you, we need to be people who have a habit of calling out to God in our difficult situations and learning to discern his guidance. Moses comes to an unknown situation there. He's going to come to a number of other unknown situations. And over and over again, characters in the Bible, when they come to unknown situations that they didn't anticipate, what they do is they cry out to God, and God shows them. So if you want to be prepared for your Red Sea situations, develop the habit of calling out to God and being led by him. A second part in this reading is that God's provision. You know, when Moses is at the, uh, at the, at the burning bush, he says to God, How, they're not going to believe me uh, when I go to them. So God says, I'll tell you what, uh, uh, take your hand and uh, put, it, put it in your garment and then take it out. He puts his hand, he takes his hand, puts it in the garment, comes out leprous, white as snow. He says, do it again, and it's healthy. That's number one. He says, take your staff, throw it down on the ground. He throws it down on the ground, it becomes a serpent. In both of these cases, God is preparing him for the situation he's going to face. Right? So, sometimes, sometimes, God gives us provision in advance. But sometimes, he only gives it to us at the very moment. You understand? 
in my experience, I say sometimes that God is never early, but he's always right on time. You know, he'll come, he'll, he'll come at the last minute and he'll blow you away. A famous story about Corey Tenboom, who was this Gentile Christian woman from a very pious family. Uh, they were very godly people. She spent the first 50 years of her life taking care of, 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 of retarded people. We don't use the word retarded anymore. Mentally challenged people. They were people with Down syndrome. Down syndrome adults she took care of. Then the Nazis came into power and her family knew they had to do something about it and they hid Jews in their house, the hiding place. We, we, they did a book about this. And uh, she once asked her father, you know, Father, suppose death comes, suppose the Nazis come for us. So how, how are we going to face this? And he said to her, he said, Corey, he said, when this is such a story, her father was such a holy man. He said, Corey, when you go on a trip, when do I give you the ticket? Do I give it to you in advance or do I give it to you just when you get on the train? She says, when I get on the train. So it's the same way with God. God will give us what we need just when we need it. Isn't that an incredible story? I got goose pimples. What amazing wisdom. And it's true. Sometimes God will prepare in advance so that when you're going to go meet Pharaoh, you've got a couple of things to show him. Sometimes, no. So I want to prepare you for that. Let's see what else we have. Just one moment. One more. Okay, this is the final point here. God allows us to face trying situations, difficult situations. Life with God does not mean that you're not going to face these crises of all kinds. I wish I could tell you, no, 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 believe in Yeshua and everything is a sleigh ride. Uh, you know, uh, it's just, it's not true. But he allows us to go through these testing situations. That thing on the right, by the way, is a, is a crucible. He allows us to go into crucible situations in order to know what we're made of, for us to know what we're made of, and for God to know what we're made of, to test us, to see how pure our commitment is, etc. Secondly, in order to mature us, to purify us. You put things in a crucible in order to purify. And you read in the, book, the beginning of the book of James, count it all joy, brother, when you come into various temptations, for the testing of your faith produces character, and character produces hope, etc., etc., etc. It's a purifying thing. And thirdly, he, do, he allows us to go through these things in order to strengthen and prepare us for things in the future. So, my friends, when you or I will face our dead sea, Red Sea situations, when we face difficulties, don't panic. God is there. God is using that situation for your benefit and for his glory. And it's not like God somehow um, is out of town. That's not the way it works. There are four kinds of testing my professor of leadership talked about obedience, 
God tests you sometimes to see whether you will obey something you know you ought to do. That's an obedience check. Sometimes he tests you for, uh, in terms of your integrity. Are you going to honor the principles that you claim as your own? He tests you. He puts you in a situation where that issue is up. Thirdly, he tests you to see if you have faith uh, in him and in his word in a situation. And finally, there's what I call a word check. He tests you on your ability to really discover guidance from God in difficult situations. These are the four kinds of tests that God will allow us to go through. Finally, here's the end of the end. Hold on to this. As Yeshua said, it is not for you or for me to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority. We don't know what the future holds. We don't know when, we don't know how, we don't know what's going to happen to us. God, when Orson, Orson Bean, this delightful, talented man, uh, when he went out the door to go for a walk, when Kobe Bryant got on that helicopter with his 13-year-old daughter to go to a, a football, a basketball practice or whatever it was with her, did they know? These are horrible situations. Our situations, God willing, will not be so horrible. But you never know. And it's not for us to know the times and seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Amen. And he told the apostles, you will be my witnesses. Yes. Yes. So, my final word to you is that in the midst of these trying situations. Look to God. He will mature you. He will strengthen you. He will empower you. And you will be able to be his witnesses. The Bible says that God comforts us in our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort others with the comfort wherewith we've been comforted by God. So, he lets us go through difficult situations and he comforts us in them so that when we meet people in other situations we can, uh, uh, whose situations are parallel to ours, we can identify with them and they can believe what we tell them because we know. He comforts us in our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort others with the comfort wherewith we have been comforted by God. So we're going to sing a song. Would you stand and would you put that song up, please, Sean? Sean, thank you. You're a good... Forget to remember. Don't forget to remember. Okay, um, we come now to the Alenu.